guys, and welcome back to the Angus and Jason show. Uh, this episode is going to be a little bit different, and I'm not sure how it's going to go. It's going to be a bit unstructured, um, but just some thoughts that I've been having lately, a little bit philosophical in nature, and uh, I'm not sure how much, Angus, you've had some of these thoughts, and it'd just be interesting to hear your opinion about some of them. Um, and yeah, sure. so I think... I'm not even sure when this whole process started. Um, I think... I want to... For a lot of our listeners, and even for yourself, this is actually going to sound really corny where it like originally started. Um, and maybe some of these things in our life actually have like strange roots. Like For most people, it's like sometimes... I think like maybe a million people could look at the same thing and just like pass over it. And then like one person just assigns some random meaning to it like way more than you would think um mm. so this is one of those cases uh i think i was watching uh, the anime hunter x hunter and they like in this anime like everyone has like not superpowers but they have like powers like combat abilities and stuff and it was an interesting concept in that anime because Basically, as opposed to, like, other forms of magical powers or superpowers in, like, other genres, basically the person got to develop their power. Like, um, you got to decide what it was. Kind of like when you're building muscle, or, like, if we're going to build any skill right, um, it's like, as long as you develop it enough, um, or just work on it, it could get better. And there was one where it was, like, it told the story of this martial artist... Um, and he was just working out every day and, and like practicing and then he was kind of like what's the purpose of my life I think and he kind of come to this realization after training in the wild for like five years or something by himself um, that like it was gratitude like that was the purpose um, like he was training as like he was grateful for the martial arts he was grateful for like everything and he just made that, like, his single virtuous... And, like, his whole combat ability just revolved around being grateful. Um, and I don't know why, but it stuck out to me. Um, so this is Netoro from that series, uh, if anyone watches it. But, like, um, I don't know why, but it started, like, a whole weird mental journey. And up until that point in my life, I'd never really thought about philosophy that deeply... Um, or question things because it started... I talk a lot about rabbit holes and I think... Like, I think I've tended to go there a little bit, but I'd never really gone there with, say, morality or ethics and things because I think I was... Honestly, I think I was bored by that stuff. Um, Like, if someone talked about ethics or morality, it just seemed boring or maybe a little... um, how to say it like someone's like up themselves or something like mm. like if they if you present yourself as virtuous it was actually um the it just didn't come across right um or it just seemed obvious right it's like obviously this thing is like uh this has a morality to it this is unethical um and maybe it's sometimes Maybe it's a lack of self-reflection or a lack of understanding that this, like, made me understand certain things in my life. And that 
I think it's when the things become more gray is like when this like when you go down these rabbit holes it actually helps you understand like why you're thinking the way you're thinking or like why you feel like you feel or what like your inner like more core values are like things you hadn't maybe consciously explored before you just like subconsciously exhibit them in a lot of situations and then you'd be like question why you felt a certain way in a certain situation you're like i don't feel like i should have felt like that or i'm confused um so like i've definitely gone on to it i've gone much deeper into this topic in the last year um not specifically around gratitude but philosophy in general which is more of actually a question of like from a place of i actually don't know what's right or wrong like i don't know and i was thinking about i heard some people talk about um like when you know christianity was being pushed aside and they said where are you going to get your moral compass from right mm-hmm. and they said like well just from my conscious like that's essentially where i was coming from before and i still heavily believe in that but it's interesting like if you i don't know kind of give up your pride or and you say it's okay that maybe i'm wrong or what are these other people actually saying like instead of like looking at its surface level and actually asking yourself that deeper question it's like what is gratitude um how do i exhibit gratitude am i grateful for the right things was i not grateful for the right things am i showing people gratitude am i showing myself gratitude like instead of being surface level questions like actually like start to explore them and ask yourself these questions and they lead to kind of interesting places um where like you have to start challenging your assumptions and your view of the world um is it <laughs> it pause here at, uh angus i just think what's what's your take on philosophy in general or like um this stuff um it's something I don't think about too much. I think it's very similar to you. Yeah, like two years. I think I, I'm going to feel very similar to that. Yeah. It might also be around yeah. crisis moments that we look for meaning. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. Like, I think um, about two years ago, when I was working at this crypto company, that's when I kind of realized, like... Um, I, I don't know about philosophy, but I was kind of thinking like I need to like really live my life and not just coast through it, you know. I, I um, and yeah, like I, I don't know if that's necessary. Philosophy. I think it is. I mean, I mean, like I think at least like if I try to put myself where I was two years ago, which I think is very similar to where you are not to say like i don't think i've even moved that far right i just mean that it was exactly that kind of thought right which is like uh or i think even you had the same thought when you're in the bank and there's just the thought of like it's where you get maybe like where reality kind of kicks you in like it kicks you in a place that you're like i didn't expect to be kicked here like i thought i was doing the right thing but it doesn't feel right 
and you go like, why doesn't this feel right? So in your case, it's like, hey, I'm pretty successful, I'm pretty skilled, I'm at this crypto exchange, I'm doing awesomely, but I don't feel fulfilled, right? Yep. And then, like, essentially, I don't know, what are you left with? Like, you're left with um, ignoring it, suppressing that feeling, and saying, um, no, no, this is all really good, that feeling is the feeling's wrong and the logic's right um, or you're scared of the feeling or you kind of do a bit of a, a self-introspection, right? And you say, actually, I'm going to... There's something more to this feeling and I don't know what it is. Or in your case, maybe you know what it is pretty quickly like because you're like, I, there's something more to life. But then even that become Doesn't that become a deeper question? Like what happens after you say, is there more to life? Like where do you... What do you follow that up with? Like, yeah, I mean, for me, it's like you gotta. I was started thinking, you know, what do I want to do? Do I want to sit here and build stupid applications all the time, and um, you know, not have anything, not have any products that I'm proud of? You know, like I don't know. I, I would say when when I was making games for myself, <laughs> I think I think I built a lot of games that weren't very great or whatever but it was kind of cool to say that these are mine you know i made these and so you had like a comparative experience right like you go on from making games and then you went back into the industry where you're like another cog in the machine and you felt that disconnect from like pride essentially um is that about right yeah it, it is like that like i right but but you didn't kind of struggle with that very much. Like it sounds like you got to that place at least pretty quickly, or at least that's how you're describing no, it. It took, me like, <laughs> it took me like two two years to right. actually you know do it. I think um, when you're in a situation, you can kind of project and see where it's going to lead. So let's say I was like at the bank or at the crypto place. Yeah. Just doing that, I would kind of see in thirty years' time, like what would I have done? <laughs> I think I would have just not really done anything. You know, just be a normal guy yep. living a pretty boring life and um, having achieved not very much you know potentially made money for myself yeah. or but just not really done what I wanted to do which is like you know creative endeavors and building things um, and also just not living a very interesting or adventurous life you know I mean, okay I, I'm trying. It's kind of sad that you can spend your whole most like most of your waking life you just in an office, you know, tapping yeah. away at the keyboards. Um, I'm gonna try and hopefully this doesn't come across because I know like this is the process that I walk through myself. But I know if I walk someone else through this path that because I haven't done this before and I'm like completely new to it and. Mm-hmm. And I know that, like, the way, like, as I was you, that this is actually, it can just be a bit annoying or just not interesting. So you just pause me at any point that, like, I'm, it, it feels like that, um, or condescending or something. But, like, yep. um, I mean, like, then I would dig into, the, like, those thoughts a little bit more, which would be like, okay, this is boring what is exciting, right? So you had the previous experience and I had the same thing. It's like, okay, um, but I actually kind of liked working in some of my software positions. Um, But I had the same, the biggest problem I had, I think, was around, I think it was also pride or value 
I would say, which is like a lot of my, it sounds maybe different from your projects, like from research perspective, a lot of our projects just ended up getting garbage canned, right? Like there's so much hype and a lot of excitement and I, and I've developed a lot of it. I get really invested in a project and I want to like almost carry it all the way through. Um, like I'm not interested in maintenance and documentation and stuff like someone else can do that. Um, but say like just building the product to a point of delivery and then actually seeing it like get used. I think we had one project that I can remember that that happened with. And I'd say it probably wasn't even the most technically or academically most interesting, but it was the only project that actually made it live. And I remember that feeling of like how much I love that feeling. Like I was actually standing there and watching people use my product and I'm like, I've changed yeah. the world, like, in a better way. Um, it's not like some... Because otherwise it just feels like it's one manager talking to another manager just to, like, get, like, brownie points for, like, political purpose. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe that's a little bit too pessimistic. Because, like, I did, like, I do like the actual programming of it. Um, I don't know, like, because I don't know if you've come to so many of these situations where sometimes you can build something really awesome, but if it just if it doesn't go anywhere, like if it just dies, no matter what the reason, it actually just sucks a little bit. Like unless, unless you kind of sign, like kind of came out with, that was the initial intent of a certain project. Like it was like its purpose was a single use, uh, or it was to basically just to push your skills. Like say when we talked about porting Wolfenstein into rust, like that was the goal. And so maybe you wouldn't feel that sense of like, um, disenfranchise, and from porting it because that was the actual goal is to develop your skills and to just do something a little cool to move it into this new language and to like bond as a team I say I totally get that but when the premise of your work is at least for me like it might be different from you because my premise of the work was like I felt like we were trying to design research projects that would change the world and then again and again and again they're just having no impact and that's it just eats away at you a little bit um, so I don't know, like, what was your, like, expectation going into the crypto exchange? Like, because maybe that's different from, like, how I saw my expectations. Um, I thought it was, going into the crypto exchange, I thought it was going to be, you know, quite a fun environment, um, work with some cool people, and build something pretty interesting, you know, like, crypto exchange has like some quite cool technical elements that you need to build and um, it has real money running through it so you need to you know code it very carefully mm. and all this kind of stuff so uh, you know I thought it was going to be a fun experience um, and it it just you know it wasn't really it was just it was um, it was like working in a very ruthless corporate environment <laughs> people that weren't very nice right Right. um and i think that was what upset me the most right like the people i was working with that were kind of just scumbags you know like (laughs) pretty much top down you know the people that formed that company i think were not nice people and you know their their like motivations for making the company was make a quick buck which is not a nice um it's not a nice mission. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's not very... Yeah. So I 
I think that's when I kind of it, ma- it made it a lot more obvious. You know, when I was working at the bank, I was like more or less happy. Like um, it was okay. I kind of liked my job. I liked my colleagues, and I was very comfortable. But getting to you know working at this crypto place where I just didn't like my colleagues and felt like uh, felt like crap all the time. It does push you to make a bigger change, right? Like, yeah. I, you know, one thing you could do is go work at another company, maybe a nicer company. But then I kind of, you know, it kind of made me think, like, what? <laughs> like, <clears throat> the point of living is not just to pile on a lot of money <laughs> <laughs> working at companies. It's, you know, it's doing what you want to do like i mean that's what we're initially attracted to right is that dollar figure like empitaps mm-hmm. like like our society and us included we're a little bit too distracted by it maybe like it's too shiny now uh, i'm thinking the two things around that are actually like your title your the title of the position as well as the the dollar figure that goes with it um yep cuz i've realized i think that at least a lot of our society will, like, if you generally describe anyone, like in the abstract, like you introduce a new person to someone, like those are your leading things, right? It's like, hey, this person's X. Like, we don't say like they're, um, like you wouldn't know how much they earn, but it's reflected in like their other material possessions. Um, yeah. So, and it seems like there's a lot of value placed on that. Um, and... I'm not sure. Like, even going down... Like, say, even that becomes a philosophical discussion um, about, like... Have you... I don't know. Have you thought about that? Like, just how much weight is put on, like, someone's title? Like, it became immensely obvious once I decided to start telling people I'm unemployed. Um, (laughs) Like, at first it was just a joke. And then I was like... Actually, this is kind of an interesting experiment. Like... Um, yeah, like, it's, like, technically I'm unemployed, and, like, I don't feel the, like, all the other insecurities that come with that, because of, like, say, my specific journey, um, and so, like, yeah, I definitely understand that I'm probably the outlier, that most of the time if you're unemployed, there's a, there's a very, there's an urgent sense of, like, lack of security and comfort base, right, to do with, like, money flows, um, and I'd say, like, that would be right 99% of the time. So, I I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm like, okay, it does have merit, right? Like, because most of the time that would be a correct assumption. So, maybe that's a little too harsh um, to challenge that. Um, but, say, like, other job titles where... Uh, I was talking to another friend about this. I don't know if we've talked about this, Angus. Which is especially, like, within the the software industry um, is that it, we talked about like how it requires a certain skill set to be a good programmer and potentially like yep. even like the more introverted you are potentially the better you are at it um, like as like just a raw programmer because it just requires just hours and hours of tinkering and learning and like this like the industry is constantly changing um, so you have to pick up new skills uh, learn new products, like, and it just takes so much time to build a product, um, and, like, bugs and stuff, that it, 
it almost doesn't lend itself to the other skills that are required to run a business, like especially a software business within mm-hmm. the industry. So like yep. you would say, like in a traditional structure of a business, then like I imagine this probably exists everywhere else. I'm not sure if it's just because we're focused on the software industry or it's like this specific skill set just doesn't align very well with progressing, like progress, like getting promoted. Because say like if you became... Uh, the lead or like a manager of a team, then what you actually need is like interpersonal skills and communication um, and some higher level thinking around like project management. Um, And then you go beyond that, like essentially like the more you get promoted, the further you get away from the core skill set that you developed, like as being like a problem solver. Yeah, you're probably going to stop coding. Yeah. And yeah, you just like, I've seen a couple of stories around this, like around, you know, founding fathers of their companies who are super passionate about their project and IPs and they somehow like look back and they go how did it end up where I am like the CEO they're super successful earn heaps of money but they're like all I do is answer emails and call people all day and have meetings yeah. and they're like how did I go from this place where I loved programming and building projects to just answering emails and like having meetings and stuff and I don't know maybe it's like a bit of that midlife crisis moment like almost what you're describing in your um, Binance situation where they just go how did it get here and then you understand just like how uh, the world has like self-structured like I'm not saying like anyone has gone out intentionally and designed it in this way right um, it's more just that's the way like it just naturally makes sense like I think like even if you took a bunch of kids who just came out of uni and they only studied programming and you stick them in an environment where it's just them, like it'll naturally just like um, move towards that structure, right? Like whoever's more capable at project management or communication will just end up taking on that leadership role, and they'll slowly like become more and more of that. Like obviously, like you can bring people in from the outside to help you with those skill sets, and then, but doesn't this create like a weird, like especially in the software industry? I think it creates a very strange dynamic right whereas like if you think about the prestige like prestige like even in the industry but like i think in the industry we might understand that prestige a little bit differently like we see it differently but for people outside the industry like if you said you were the lead programmer um like i almost would respect the lead programmer of google or something way more than like a ceo of another like software development firm because if i go like if that guy was the head of the most talented pool of programmers and he's been doing it for X years, he has, like... He's basically refused to get promoted, right? He's like, I just want to be a programmer and my skills are elite. Like, you are the best of the best. And that's so much respect. Um, And not to say that project managers don't have their challenges and they can be good and bad ones. But in the way that, like, if you told another person, it's like you're the... I don't know, you're the director of a game versus like the lead programmer. Like, yep. I think people are going to think that director has more social value than the lead yep, programmer. Will, yeah. And then, like, even it's the... such a bummer because, like, yeah, I, I think you know you can also say, um, in a smaller company, like the title, the job, the fancy job title is like the project manager, yep. right? And the programmers are kind of like underneath the project yes. manager. But the really sad thing is, like, being a project manager is, like, really incredibly easy. 
it's just kind of like babysitting and you know keeping track of stuff I'd say like talking to people the I don't know how to describe this for project management I'd be like I'd say like a programmer I'm going to use a game analogy here so it doesn't like so all our listeners have no idea what I'm talking about um I'll try I'll try to think of a more accessible analogy later but I'd be like being a programmer is like trying to be a pro at Dota 2 where it's like it's actually pretty hard to pick up and then it's even harder to master um like there's so much depth of skill and nuance where I feel like project management is actually maybe closer to something like Stardew Valley maybe (laughs) where it's like you can get into it pretty easily and understand the fundamentals but there's still some depth there because I think there's definitely like like really good project managers are really really good like um, not to take anything away from like you're just saying like the ability to pick up the core skill set and then like we talked about being a bit naive about progressing your skill set or not aligning to the values of the actual product because especially that happens a lot with project managers is they're actually so outside of the the production process they don't actually contribute value and a lot of times inhibit it um, mm-hmm. like a programmer like the closer you are to the actual creation process I think the more uh, invested you are and the more you understand like the experience that you're going to translate to the to the users or the audience and the project manager is so disconnected from that like they'll just see tickets and they'll see like budgets and everything and that's all really important but like if they're the ones making the decisions about like how to move the project forward or what values are like more important for the project overall because like some of that like I think project managers it feels like from the games we're playing some of the like more mediocre or bad ones those decisions are made by project managers essentially they're like our core audience is this or we need to sell X many of titles or like you said with Pokemon it's like we need to like sell this to like six year olds so it needs this kind of hand holding mechanic right and it's been like this hard foot down um, and if anything, they're actually, they have a negative contribution on the project from that point of view. Um, but then society will be like, you're so amazing. You delivered this project because. <laughs> and it's like off the backs of all these other programmers, right? Like it reminds me of, um, I read this book about Diablo. I can't remember if it was Diablo 1 or Diablo 2, um, but in, it's called, um, what's it called? Stay a while and listen. Yeah, it, it's a good book. It's it's a good one. It's worth reading. Um, and they talk about how you know these guys were just um, crunching for like a year and a half, two years to work on to to get Diablo done. And some the guy who wrote the music for Dab Diablo, he like he didn't crunch because there was like more than enough time to get the music done, and I think he might have got it done like way ahead of schedule or whatever some of the best music um, in a game by the way it, it, yeah yeah and, and this is like i'm not having a go at this yeah. guy but i think he says something like you know i got a credit in the game as well you know for making the music and he's i think he says it's a bit unfair because um <laughs> the guys that were doing you know 120 yeah. hours a week also just got one yeah. credit and then you know i did all the music and they did they're just game programmer number seven and they had to like bust. <laughs> yeah. it's I mean you know it's a credit it's a credit I mean he he did his thing but that's what kind of pisses me off about 
project managers because like their contribution I, is so small. I could like I often the project managers I worked with I think I could do your job better and yeah. Um, so how come I'm not getting you know like project managers get the promotion? Why don't I get pr- these promotions? You know, um, why does the it just pisses me off that the organization values their their work so much more than it values my work, right? Um, but that's society in general. I've got a friend right? who talks about yeah. this. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, society in general, but also the organization. But I've got a friend who also talks about this. He says like programmers are like the only um, profession where we let ourselves get bossed around yeah. by non-programmers. Like a doctor would never do that. A lawyer would. Never <laughs> do that, you, know? you don't have a law firm where it's like a bunch of lawyers, and then you bring in some guy with like a marketing degree and he's gonna run it like fuck off you know then, then yeah I it is that. a bit weird but we do. yeah we totally yeah. like i have thought like there's some similarities to like slavery or something right where it's like oh this is probably actually hmm. um <laughs> going there but like i meant like uh in, in where you were coming from which is just that like we have all the power essentially but we just give it up um it, but there's some degree where it's just we don't have the full skill set necessary to deliver. Um, and potentially the people in the other areas tend to, like, maybe fully... Under- I, I don't know. There'd be other cases where that's thing. Like, maybe manufacturing, for example, right? Like, yep. like the factory workers give up their power to the... But that's not a profession. But uh, I guess it's harder because that's capital intensive as well. So you'd be like, okay, then they have it. Do you, could you make the argument that this has changed with cryptocurrency? Like, I feel like the programmers are owning their projects now. What do you think? I think it is changing more. Yeah, I mean, um, it's also, yeah, it, it it does seem like it's more and more possible to just own your project. To um, yeah, to to just have a pack of developers put something out uh, I remember I went to, I think it was actually the GDC that we went to I, if it was GDC or it was probably something else but we went to a, a conference in like 2009 or something 2010 I can't remember when it was um, and this guy was saying um, don't you know don't I, I know a bunch of you guys like indies and you want to make games um, and he said just yeah you'll need programmers on your team but you also need like a business guy and a marketing guy, so like don't ignore that. Yeah. Um, it's, I honestly I think it's true. Like, yeah. <laughs> as much as I would say like, you know, I was complaining that we're getting bossed around by people that aren't technical, but it is good to have somebody that's like focused on, um, marketing. Yeah, not to take away from what they're doing because I think it's valuable. I just think that the value of what they're contributing is overemphasized um, like way out of proportion, especially cause it's also reflected in their salary. Um, and like, I would argue that, well, actually I think it's like when I worked at the bank, the guy, our project manager was definitely paid less than all the programmers. Right. Oh, couldn't but, know that. Yeah. But, but he's, he, he interfaces with like upper management. Right. right? And because of that, he um, he got promoted a lot. Right. So, like, your speed through the organization is a lot faster when you're doing a job like project management. Um, 
another thing is like I think it is quite hard to find good programmers and if you have a good programmer you kind of don't want him to switch to project management because then you lose him right this is like actually a really interesting topic yeah like we talked uh, I don't know who this came up with but yeah it's something about like actually being so good at your job that you don't get promoted um, yeah I think we might have talked about this <laughs> last episode I do remember that phrase um yeah, because like you're so valuable as a programmer that if those skills are so needed in that role, you'll actually like you've worked so hard that you've actually stuck yourself in that role. But then that just ends up becoming that goes more on that person, like as that programmer, to job switch, right? And I've seen a lot of articles yeah. around like how people are not able to like secure a salary increases from within their own company, but it's actually really easy to establish it through a job hop. Um, yep, yep, yep. and that makes sense and that's like yeah if you're in that position it's not like we're saying that don't try don't try and improve in your role because you'll get stuck it's just like just keep in mind that if you're not fully appreciated and sometimes you're not like aware of it right like because you can be appreciated verbally right but every so often you just need to check in with the industry and see what you're worth or like if you have other people working in different positions and just compare your skill sets to theirs and compare stories and be like you're completely undervalued you're worth like way more than that um, on a salary basis that if they don't recognize that um, and you don't have to change but then it becomes your decision is all like that's empowering um, yeah interesting like do you think like, what other jobs do you think like this happens with because most of them I'm like I don't think that like I'm thinking like hospitality no that makes sense the project managers should make more um, it's also maybe I was thinking like from the other side of this perspective like project managers I'm not sure if I'd agree on the middle level management but maybe higher level management and definitely the CEO I think should be rewarded and get the prestige a little bit more to some degree because they actually bear more responsibility in the creative process like as a regard I guess that's what I'm thinking is like how much responsibility are you taking for the creation of this this product, right? Um, and the CEO might have to do everything. Like maybe they, uh, I guess, like today CEOs are more like just like pushing pawns around, right? Um, hmm. Like, but I was just thinking, like within a small company, potentially the CEO is actually the one coming up with the game concepts and the game designs. And he's making hard decisions about like. Uh, should I hire a second artist or not? Or should we um, should we put in this extra content or not? Like those are actually really hard decisions to make, right? Like these more abstract decisions where there's no right and wrong answer, and if you make the wrong one, then potentially the business collapses. Um, whereas like programmers, like, we're potentially shielded from that. Like any kind of salary role, we are actually somewhat we feel a little bit more secure in that source of income as opposed to the entrepreneur who's taking on that extra risk. So I feel like they should get some extra reward for it. But yeah, maybe like upper management could still be problematic in that way. Um, yeah, because often upper management is not... Often even the CEO is not an entrepreneur. It's just some guy paid. I was just thinking like the size of the company is probably important here. Um, yeah. Yeah, how far away are they from connecting to the experience they're trying to deliver? Um, I feel like management can sometimes just be like, uh, 
what is it like an echo chamber for the CEO or something or investors they're mm. just like we want X and then they try to translate that into what they think the investors or CEO wanted and they translate it to their lower level and that gets translated again <laughs> like Chinese whispers or something and by the time it gets to the bottom it's just like it's not exactly what anyone wanted um sorry so I want to come back to gratitude <laughs> I I mean like after thinking about it for a while I um I realized this might be obvious for you Angus so you have to let me know mm. um that basically the opposite of gratitude is ex- expectation and that if you have expectation on something then you don't have gratitude and if you have gratitude then you didn't uh, have expectation yeah, yeah I guess that, Does that makes sense. sense like yeah. they're like I think I don't know how I realized this. It might have been some small cases in my life that, like, maybe you get annoyed at or frustrated at because usually those are cases of like expectation that like unfulfilled expectation or like mm-hmm. pain or whatever. But um, I say even little things like you decide to meet up for lunch with a friend and that friend shows up like twenty minutes later and yep you're just like you're a bit annoyed already you're on edge um and like if you question that like your shallow response like your initial like off the hand response or thought is of course i'm annoyed because they're late um and then like if you try to flip that a little bit um because like i'm trying to think like i want to be grateful for everything I'm not sure if I'm taking that too far. Like, I'm still exploring that concept. But it was more like, shouldn't I be grateful that I get... Did this really happen? Um, This is for someone else, this specific scenario. Okay. okay. And I was walking them through this idea. Um, But I mean, okay, so like... I've gone through a, a painful experience lately. Like, pretty painful. And... I'm not going to go into any details on that. But like... I am trying to reach a place of gratitude for that. And it was interesting because, like, when I was starting, as that event was unfolding, I was very grateful about everything in it. And at some point, I'm not sure when, it changed to expectation. Um, And I wasn't aware of that. And then when I... When... things happened, I realized I had expectation and and I couldn't feel gratitude. Um, and that was really problematic for me. Um, and, like, I'm only just now, like, getting to a place where I'm actually grateful for it again. Because um, it, it just depends on, like, your perspective... Of the whole thing. Like, if we tend to feel defensive, like someone's attacked us in a certain way, um, or there's some injustice, like, if we put the blame or the onus on the other person, uh, or the uh, something else, then we tend to feel, um, like, I, that's an inhibit, uh, inhibition to gratitude, and it just fosters, like, all these negative feelings. 
Whereas like if you start to think about like I went to lunch with my friend and they're twenty minutes late, why should I not just be grateful that like I get to have lunch with them at all? Aren't I grateful mm. this person likes me? Aren't I grateful for the things we get to talk about? Aren't I grateful for the way they make me laugh? Aren't they grateful for them like like all these factors, like when you think about all of them, and it's not to dismiss that they're late, but it's that you become so focused on this one negative thing that we tend to lose sight of everything else that's great. Um, And that like, when you put that into perspective, it feels more rational and um, you're like, I am actually just really grateful for like what this constitutes. Like even if you're 20 minutes late, like if you didn't show up at all, right? Like, do I get even more angry or like, I don't know. Like, well, how would you deal with it if they didn't show up at all? Um, yeah, it'd be the same thing. It's just like, if they don't show up at all, it, it really, it's very contextual. So like, say they didn't show up at all and then they say they're sorry. Let's have, um, can we have one tomorrow? And then you have a meet, mm-hmm. like a, a lunch tomorrow. And like, you can see this in a number of your relationships, right? Like if that scenario happened, and maybe that, like, as soon as you see that person the next day, like, say you're on the other side, you're the person who missed the thing, and that person might be yep. bitter already, like, as soon as that, like, happens, um, or they're an- annoyed at you and angry that you, like, blew them off the day before. Um, and depending on, like, what your mood's like, that can just turn into a fight fairly quickly. Um or if you're feeling in a more secure place and grounded, then maybe you can like kind of soothe the other person and be like, okay, uh, I'm really sorry. Uh, maybe you have some legitimate excuses um, or just generally like saying, like making the other person feel better. But mm. it's more like coming at it from the angle because like studying more of this stuff is like taking it starting to see the world more and more through your own lens and not like tr- like really trying to challenge yourself when you're when you feel like you want to point the finger at someone else um so like in my situation if they if they like yeah didn't show up for that one um but they organize another one then I'd just be grateful that I, okay I get to have this other lunch right um, it's like okay this person something must have happened in their life and then you like remind yourself it's like everyone's going through their own crap everyone has their own things and like because I know I tend to do this is like maybe make it a little bit about me sometimes like you get worried or anxious that maybe that person didn't show up because uh, I don't know like it's probably hard in that specific situation to take that personally um Does that make sense? I don't know. How would you react to that situation? Like, I think the general consensus would be to be annoyed. And I think that would... Yep. Well, 20 minutes is not too bad. I mean, yeah, there's there's like a time when you would get annoyed. It's, um... It is a good way to look at things. Like, I think I... I don't know when it happened, but I did calm down a lot. Like, I used to get pissed off quite easily. And, like, I think I was very ego-driven. So, like, I think that for me, like, if somebody's late, 
like let's say you're 20 minutes late to meet me for lunch and i'll kind of think oh you don't care you know he's like disrespectful yeah right so it's, you're making it about yourself when really it's just um i don't know like what what's bad about somebody being late for lunch well um you could say oh no i have to wait 20 minutes and I'm hungry and I want to eat now. It's like, well, you could just eat now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> like you could just order. But this is expectation, I, I right? Know. Like you've gone into the lunch expecting to have a lunch. What if, it's saying hypothetically, if you could go in with like say 100% gratitude and 0% expectation, you went to lunch and you don't even expect them to show up, right? You do, Like you go in, it's like, this is like a really weird thought, but like what if you went, like you organized the lunch, you show up, but you actually expect the other person not even show up. It's like, can you actually be disappointed if that's your perspective to begin with? Um, and no, you can't. So that means yeah. if they show up, like, even, like, at all, right? <laughs> even at all, just for, like, 30 seconds to be like, I'm really sorry. I thought I'd catch you here. I have to go. I just wanted to let you know that I tried to make it and I couldn't. And then you would be grateful, right? right? You'd be grateful because you got something where previously there was nothing. Is that like a weird thought experiment? Like, I'm not sure how practical that is. It's just like, at least that's where I'm trying to get to. And so... Yeah, because like, if if I was going to lunch with somebody and I thought they weren't going to come, I just wouldn't go. I guess you could do that, but... <laughs> just, just. But then can you find gratitude? This is a funny yeah. thing, like... um. Like, like um, what's it called? I think being late is also quite a cultural thing. Like, in some societies, it's like incredibly rude if you're late. Right? Yeah. Um. <laughs> like, I've got this uncle who would like host these dinners, and it's like a twenty-person dinner, and it's at some restaurant, and he'd be like, oh, "I'll be there at seven and you go there at seven and you know, a bunch of people's there, but he's not there, and he doesn't turn up until eight. <laughs> just thinking what the fuck <laughs> this is your dinner <laughs> you know you told everyone to come at 7 you don't come until eight. right but but i was kind of a bit annoyed about this because i thought uh you know i wanted to get this thing over with but everyone else seemed okay with it and um yeah it's just kind of accepted you know people can tolerate different but things different levels of lateness like um but I mean, that's like I'm starting to realize that I think a lot of this is our perception of the problem and not the problem itself, right? Like, I think a lot of it's eco-driven. Like, um, in in Hong Kong as well. Another thing is like, at weddings, um, people generally don't dress up, right? They'll come quite casual to yeah. a wedding. Um, whereas, if you did that at a Western wedding, wedding like I did do that. I've got a friend who's like Scottish, uh, uh, Danish, and his wife's Scottish. And they had a wedding at a beach, so I just wore, sh- wore shorts and a t-shirt, and they were fucking men. <laughs> <Like, laughs> but, but I was thinking, what the hell? This is a wedding at a beach. You know, I thought that's what it was like, and I turned up, and everyone was wearing suits, and I thought, oh, jeez. And I think the reason they're mad is because it's kind of about ego, right? Yeah. Like, oh, this guy's disrespect to me, or he's, like, ruining my uh, wedding photos, or, or whatever, right? Like, But, like, I don't know. Like, am I... Am I sounding like a broken record? I feel like there's still expectation. It's like you're expecting everyone right. to show up in a suit. And, but like, I don't know. 
like I feel like the the deeper and deeper I dive into it, it's like okay, why do I want people to show up in a suit, or do I want any like if like especially if you try to deconstruct it, it's like would I take anyone in a suit or would I take him in like his shorts and towel, right? And mm-hmm. like hopefully the answer to that is you take the guy in the the shorts and the towel because that's your friend, right? And then you go, okay, that's actually more important than the suit. Like when you start to like that's what I mean by some of this stuff is actually I don't know like I feel like I have to walk that path because it's not immediately obvious like what you want because your initial response is always like I'm annoyed because of the suit and then like if you walk down the path it's like actually no I really like my friend like obviously I wish it was my friend wore a suit like you get stuck on that part Um, but if you're able to find the thing that you you value the most like in that case, like say the friend bringing late, it's like essentially you're saying, am I am I valuing my time more than like spending time with my friend? Essentially, that's the balance, right? And that's where expectation comes in. So you could legitimately just be like, I actually don't like this other person. Like maybe if you had, um, it wasn't say it wasn't your friend, say it's someone else, like a a no one or a professional contact or something, and they showed up 20 minutes late, then maybe I would be expecting them to show up. Um, because, like, if I had a value of my time versus someone else's so time... Let, let's say the situation is, like, it's somebody you... Hate yeah, right? And they're, they're meeting to insult you and try steal some money from you. <laughs> You're still grateful that they're 20 minutes late. <laughs> I mean... So, okay, so someone you hate, and they arrive late. And you see this sometimes, right, actually? Like, of course. Um, That's why you hate them. I mean, it's, it's almost like, like you're going to hate no matter what the result is, right? Because um, yeah. you're already expecting to feel a lot of... Like, you've already come in with a preconception and perceptive uh, perspective that's like, this person's a terrible person, and this person... Is just going to make me feel bad. Like you've already made up your mind before you've even had the the lunch, and that was almost like I said like almost with like the two friends, and you reschedule for the next day. That still sometimes happens. Like they've almost come in with like a preconception that they're righteously angry at you. Um, which like even if you step back again and just be like, why are we having lunch in the first place? Is just to like just talk, have a good time, and be friends. And it's like, you've actually kind of poisoned your own well a little bit, right? It's like, okay, the other person was late. You don't know the reasons, like, in this specific scenario, you don't know the reasons for that. And they show up. And by you being the angry person at your other friend for not showing up in the previous one, it's like you've always guaranteed that this new meeting is going to be trash, right? Maybe the other one wasn't even their fault, but this one's definitely your fault for being angry with them when they first arrive. Um which is yeah the result of your your expectation um i don't know it's it's nuanced right and that's why i like these thought experiments it's like to play them out like yeah is it different amounts of time that maybe there's different responses there's different people like if you start putting different people that you know in that situation and then you gauge how emotionally you think you would feel um Yeah, I don't know, it's, this is something specifically I'm still 
like as I said, I'm still working with. Like sometimes I think like on certain things I've reached a point where I'm like I'm fine with anything, um, and then some time goes by and I'm like actually I became a little bit more. I put too much expectation on this. Um, yeah, it was actually like because I was um, I was listening to some stoicism, and like I think a big part of that revolves around like expectations and your perspective of things, and even like yep. Buddhism to a certain degree. Um, I noticed that actually a lot of these philosophies actually have a lot in common, um, and like well, I think with stoicism, I think um. A big part of it is just yeah, removing ego. Like, don't, don't, don't worry too much about like, um, your perception from other people, or like. It's interesting that like that's because I I'm not sure if I define it that way. I mean, like maybe that's specifically something that you're working through, um, like, yeah, because. I definitely get it. It's like, yeah, it, I thought the core message from Stoicism, because this is an interesting thing, which is like, realize that there's like, there's essentially what you can control and what you can't control. And that you need to learn to accept what you can't control. And then basically mm-hmm. limit or lower your expectations on those things as much as possible. Um, and then you're okay with like, you, you theoretically if you have no expectations around it kind of the same thing as your friend not showing up to lunch it's like you won't be disappointed because you had no expectations on things you can't control and if you're um, and then just focus on the things you can control and I guess ego ties into that right which is like and even your example which is like you're worried you're anxious um about how other people feel about you and you're annoyed that other people show up late like these things are outside of your control and that we can't because we can't control them it just like if we build expectations around them there's nothing we can constructively do to like change that like we can hope to change it and we can do little things to influence it maybe but at the end of the day it's not in our hands um and it's actually a lot more constructive to just focus on ourselves. Um, and it, it sounds like so... Like, even hearing myself say that, it feels a little cringe. Um, no, no, I think it's... I don't think it's right. cringe. I, think. I just meant, like... I don't know. Do you know... Because there's so many things in life that I'm sure we both do it and everyone does it that we know is bad for us and we just keep doing it. Like, and we're aware of it. Um... But then I'm almost thinking that potentially... Okay, this would be an interesting point on stoicism and stuff, which is like, I wonder... Because someone was, I think, even putting out the point of view that potentially even the expectations we have on ourselves are hurtful. Like, if we have too large expectations on ourselves, we can't even show gratitude to ourselves. Right? Which is like, if you if you say, I'm going to be... Like, just take an extreme example. Like, a lot of people around New Year's will be like, this year I'm going to go and get fit. I'm going to go to the gym six times a week. You've put a really big expectation on yourself and probably like, um, 
actually like an unrealistic expectation um and that like you've kind of set yourself up to fail and then like it almost doesn't even matter like some people like could do like six days a week and they don't hit their seventh and like they actually beat themselves up right they'd be like i said i was gonna do oh sorry i said you were gonna do six days a week of gym and they do five or something and they miss that one day and they would beat themselves up like they don't give themselves credit for the five days um Mm. or like the the hardships I went through I think I'm doing something similar to that and myself at the moment is like because I was thinking a lot of the stuff was like more external but you can actually apply it internally as well like if you're like especially like a very big if you're very critical of yourself um, and you can turn this a little bit more inwards to be a little bit more kind like it's interesting that we can tend to actually be kinder to the people around us than we are to ourselves <laughs> like the kind of yeah, stuff yeah. we tell to ourselves is just like god you if you said that to someone else in public you would be that would be so mean um yeah so um i don't know it's like so that's gratitude i don't know if you have any other thoughts on gratitude I think it's about an hour. I think that's probably good. Um, I can't remember. Yeah, it's a... a, I think it's an interesting way to think about it. I never would have thought about the word gratitude that way. Like, um... I think it's something you sometimes see in older people. They're... They kind of... Maybe because they know they're dying, they just kind of appreciate things a bit more. Not not that they're dying, but they're, they're, they're at the end of the <laughs> yeah. I mean, because <laughs> like I don't know, like if you if you thought about it, like just offhandedly, what are the things you're most grateful for? Maybe that's a starting point. Mm-hmm. Right. It's actually a hard question when I asked it originally. Like I didn't know what I was grateful for. Um, I think that's a lot. One that yeah, I think one thing that people don't realize is like. You know, they're like healthy. Yeah. Like, <laughs> just being chronically ill is fucking miserable. Right? Yeah. There's so yeah, I mean, there's so much stuff, right? Like, you can be grateful there's no war. You can be grateful there's no, um, um, you, you're not starving. You know, this, you could, you could just sit there and rattle off like all the great things that we have with society and be grateful for video games. See, even I feel like a little bit of a, like, I I can't get to that point yet. Like, I feel like I want to get to that point, but I feel like if I said those things, I'm just saying them. Like, I don't feel, like, I don't actually feel grateful for those things. Um, Like, there have been definitely, like, in the more recent days, there were definitely points where I'm very, like, I actually felt like I was embodying like gratitude like i just i don't know like there's a specific like emotion that's attached to gratitude right um and maybe because i didn't feel it that often or i i wasn't aware of it like usually it's like a maybe a lower kind of thing um i'm i'm trying to think of like cases where it stood out to me like yeah there's the ones that you said but I feel like I wouldn't mean the words if I said them right now. 
Um, mm. The ones that I really mean are like, if you're in a dark place and someone reaches out and is just there for you, there's something there that is like probably this most profound sense of gratitude. So I had this with you recently, actually. <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, what? Yeah. <laughs> this, sorry. Um, the I'm trying to think. Like, I don't know. I think for me recently, it's just been friends and connections. Um, yeah, friends is a good one. <laughs> it's just interesting. And then, like, trying to be like, why don't I not feel that emotion more? Like, because people go out of their way for you all the time, and you just don't notice it. Um, and you're not grateful, because it became an expectation. Um, yeah, yeah, true. If it's habitualized. Anyway. Sorry, I think um, I've talked about that enough. And <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Hopefully, like, the, if anyone's listening to this, some of that made sense. Or, I don't know, maybe you ask yourself, what am I grateful for? And, like, maybe it is those things that Angus said, and I really hope that's the case. I mean, I can't... I want to be there, and I'm not... Um, and I feel like I'm only just starting to open this door and it's just like this little crack at the moment and and I want to be more grateful for everything because um, it just makes the world better it just it's brighter there's less anxiety there's less anger there's just this warm feeling of gratitude and that's just based on the way that you see the world. And you can get there just by asking yourself what you want. And then you're going to have surface level answers. And that's fine. You are going to struggle with that. And they're going to deflect you. And then just don't be afraid to just ask yourself or challenge those questions. Or break them down. Um... Or, like, play with that context or situation. Um, I don't know. It's a journey. <laughs> I, I'll probably come back to it later, hopefully. Because I'd, like... Yeah. Anyway. All right. Thanks, Angus, for entertaining my rant on weird matters. It's okay. Um, and thanks for everyone else. We'll call it there.